Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Truth with Susie Ann. And this is your host, Susie Ann. Hello. Our topic for today is what Yahuwah thinks about earthly wealth and wealthy people. Now, there's a big misconception in the world about these things. And this is why I felt the need, I felt led by the Rock HaKadosh to speak about this today. 2 Corinthians 8 verses 9 says, For ye know the grace of our Adon Yahusha HaMashiach, that though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Now, let's first talk about the definition. Based upon the father and son's thoughts about riches, can we be rich and serve Yahuwah? I mean, it depends. For us to truly answer this question properly, we must first analyze what it takes to be wealthy. Firstly, it starts with the faith to gamble our time and our personal assets and finances to start up a business or invest in a business or get a high paying job and this is only on the legal side secondly it robs us of our social life character and just time in general thirdly it destroys friendships and casts off most other interests because it isn't useful to keep around friends that don't share the same vision and it goes the same for interests that might you know have taken away from what we think we really should be focusing on it takes sacrifice diligence and greed to continue until it works after doing all of these and the person becomes successful i have noticed that there's a persona that takes shape in every rich person that i've met which includes the following their inability to feel peace their inability to love in most instances the inability to be truly kind the inability to feel pity the inability to be humble the inability to trust and the inability to be satisfied so if it is really so then where does this doctrine of prosperity come from the bible speaks expressly against gathering much worldly goods and against people who love to do so yet there are church leaders who preach that the proof of yahusha in your life is indeed riches and here's what the bible has to say about it in first timothy 6 verses 3 to 8 if any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Adon Yahusha HaMashiach, and to the doctrine which is according to holiness, he is proud, knowing nothing but doubting, but doting about questions and strifes of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is holiness, from such withdraw thyself. But holiness with contentment 
is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be dear with content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith, and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. This is the proof that these teachers are false, and the Bible says that we should avoid them. To want to succeed and to want more for yourself is a natural thing. There's nothing wrong with that. But who defines what is success? What should we want more of? And who decides our purpose in life? You see, the world's definition of success is to be able to amass a large amount of worldly treasure. So people spend most of their lives trying to get rich. It is very it is a very unfulfilling life and we selfishly use up Elohim's time while he gets no glory from it. The Bible warns us about this in Luke 12 verses 15. And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisted not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. If you tell people this, they think you're lying and that you are the false prophet. But it is what the scripture says. Our fulfillment doesn't come from material wealth. Proverbs 13 verses 7 says, There is that maketh himself rich, yet hath nothing. There is that maketh himself poor, yet hath great riches. Some of these people still say they know Elohim, but he doesn't consider them. In Revelation 3 verse 17, he admonishes the church in Laodicea because they also had this false mental conception that gain was holiness. And here's what it says. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. You see, it is hard when we trust in the safeguard of worldly goods instead of Yahuwah who created the world. It scared Job to think what would the end of these people would look would look like. Because he already know what it would be like. And he describes this in Job 21 verses 6 to 7, 13 to 15, and 17 to 18. It says, Even when I remember, I am afraid, and trembling taketh hold on my flesh. Wherefore do the wicked live, become old, yea, are mighty in power? They spend their days in wealth, and in a moment go down to the grave. Therefore they say unto Elohim, Depart from us, we desire not the knowledge of thy ways. What is the Almighty that we should serve him? 
and what profit should we have? If we pray unto him, how oft? Sorry. And what should we have if we pray to, unto him? How oft is the candle of the wicked put out? And how oft cometh their destruction upon them? Elohim distributed sorrows in his anger. They are as stubble before the wind and as chaff that the storm carry it away. Also in Ephesians 3 verse 14, it declares that Yahuwah is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Yet, we question his capabilities by constantly trying to achieve things ourselves. The earth is Yahuwah's and the fullness thereof, the world and everything that dwells therein. Do we remember this? Our ultimate provider says in Isaiah 55 verse 1, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Only Elohim is capable of saying this and making it happen. Now that we got the definition out of the way, Let's talk about the fantasy of wealth versus the reality. This false mental conception also creates a barrier in society where the rich are favored over the poor, which we will elaborate on using scripture. Specifically, Proverbs 14 verses 20 to 21. It says, The poor is hated even of his own neighbor, but the rich hath many friends. He that despiseth his neighbor sinneth, but he that hath mercy on the poor, happy is he. So there it is. It is a sin to hate the poor. But the reality is that we despise them because they can't give us anything. They can only take from us. And we don't want to give them anything. Proverbs 19, 19 verses 4 and 6. It says, Wealth maketh many friends, but the poor is separated from his neighbor. Many will entreat the favor of the prince, and every man is a friend to him that giveth gifts. You see, even though this is what we desire the most, Yahusha's emphasis is on giving. He says it is better than receiving. What the world reveres are abominations to Yah. Job 34 verses 19 explains, How much less to him that accepted not the persons of princes, nor regarded the rich more than the poor, for all are the work of his hands. In the Bible, there is a clear view of Yahusha's presence. Preference, sorry. <laughs> Luke 1 verses 52 to 53 says, He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He had filled the hungry with good things and the rich he had sent empty away. This is not only because of their financial status, but because of their difference in their mannerisms. Here are some examples. 
Proverbs 18 verses 23. The poor use it in treaties, but the rich answer it roughly. Proverbs 28 verses 11. The rich man is wise in his own conceit, but the poor that hath understanding searcheth him out. Proverbs 28 verses 6. Better is the poor that walketh in his uprightness than he that is perverse in his ways, though he be rich. So we see here the dynamics between rich and poor characters. A worldly rich person, however, is not solely identified by his financial status, but more importantly, by their mindset. It is what in reality differentiates the characters. We are under the impression that rich people are people to be envied. They are glamorous and have all this great stuff, a luxurious life, no major problems, and think that their wealth gives them a pass for having a bad attitude. They can do no wrong in our eyes. St. Matthew 5 verses 3 speaks differently. It says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. If you are rich in spirit, it means that you have a rich mindset. Your whole being, which includes your thought process and actions, are geared towards one goal, and it is to be worldly successful. It makes you stubborn, wasteful, selfish, arrogant, and foolish. Rich people most times do not get to either eat or sleep properly. They are unhealthy because of poor diet and lack of sleep and later develop horrible illnesses that sometimes cannot be fixed no matter how much money they use to try and fix it. They don't trust anyone so they can never have a full relationship with anyone and they are almost always on edge. Despite their best efforts, their things will waste away without them getting to enjoy anything much out of them. And this happens also because they are unwilling to share. When you're poor in spirit, you are led to entreat Mashiach. You are humble. Hardships lead you into wisdom. You're satisfied and you seek to be upright. Yahusha promises to us who serve him. A peace that encompasses all understanding. A peace that no man can give for us to be sustained. Paul had attained unto that peace, which is why he said confidently in Philippians 4 verses 11 to 13, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, there would to be content. I know both how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Mashiach which strengtheneth me. James, a disciple of Yahusha, even pointed out the folly in our flawed way of thinking. Because it is quite obvious who Yahusha favors. James 2 verses 5 to 7. Hearken, my beloved brethren. Hath not Elohim chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and hearers of the kingdom 
which he had promised to them that love him. But ye have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you and draw you before judgment seats? Do not they blaspheme that worthy name by which ye are called? And it's a valid point, we must admit. Yahuwah himself said in Isaiah 66 verses 2, To this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit and trembleth at my word. We have an overall purpose, which comes with many duties as followers of Yahusha. And if we don't remember, there are outlines in the scripture that explain our purpose and duties. One is in Deuteronomy 10 verses 12 to 13. And now, Yasharel, which is Israel, what doth Yah thy Elohim require of thee? But to fear Yahuwah, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, and to serve Yah, thy Elohim, with all thy heart and with all thy soul, to keep the commandments of Yahuwah and his statutes, which I command thee this day for thy good. Another one which speaks to our character and our duty towards each other is Isaiah 61 verses 1. It says, The Spirit of Yahuwah is upon me because the Adon hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. One of Yahusha's commandments for us that falls under those outlined in Isaiah 61 verses 1 is that we love others as ourselves which we can't accomplish while staying rich that duty is to love others as we love ourselves as explained in 1 Timothy 6 verses 17 to 19 it says charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living Elohim, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy, that they do good, and that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come, that they may hold, lay hold on eternal life. We don't find this trait in most wealthy persons. Wealthy people have specific people who they give stuff to. And specific amounts that they give out. In most cases, these people are at the same level of wealth and whoever is outside of that circle, they won't give anything to them because they don't matter. So, wealthy people usually look out for wealthy people or for people who can serve some type of purpose in their lives and give back something to them. But to Yahusha, all lives matter. As he explains in Luke 14 verses 12 to 14, it says, Then said he also to him that bade him, 
When thou makest a dinner or a supper, call not thy friends, nor thy brethren, nor thy kinsmen, nor thy rich neighbors, lest they also bid thee again, and recompense be made thee. But when thou makest a feast, call the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and thou shalt be blessed. For they can't recompense thee, for, they, for thou shalt be recompensed at the resurrection of the just. If you do not have the mind of Mashiach, you cannot be a part of Mashiach. The signature of the worldly nature is to do things that always benefit me. We're in the big business of instant gratification and self-indulgence. That's all we care about. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10 verses 24, Let no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth. Yahusha's call is a call for a man to be limitless. A man's greatest limit is himself. Once he can come out from himself, he will serve a greater purpose and accomplish more than what he thought was possible, including entering into eternal life. However, if a man is stuck within himself and his carnal desires, then he can accomplish nothing. Luke 18 verses 22-25 expounds on the selfish carnal instinct. Now, when Yahushua heard these things, he said unto him, Yet lackest thou one thing, sell all that thou hast, and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. And when Yahusha saw that he was very sorrowful, he said, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of Elohim? For it is easier for a camel to go through a needle's eye than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of Elohim. Now, it's not to say we are to take up the responsibility for everyone in the entire world. But do what we can to avoid hurting others and to help others as much as we can. Because as 1 John 3 verses 17 says, we can have in abundance and see our brother or sister in need and hold it back and not assist. How can we then say we have the love of Elohim within us? Yahuwah declares in Proverbs 19 verse 17, He that hath pity upon the poor lendeth unto the Adon, and that which he hath given will he pay him again. When it says poor here, it doesn't mean give to specific charities. Because to tell the truth, some of these foundations are richer than the person donating to them. I cannot call myself compassionate or helpful if my everyday neighbor needs help and I do not feel the urge to assist. In Proverbs 11 verses 24 to 25, it explains, There is that scattereth and yet increaseth, and there is that withholdeth more than is meet, but it tendeth to poverty. The liberal soul shall be made fat, 
and he that water it shall be watered also himself. Take care of Yahusha's people and he will take care of you. And the Bible says that he is merciful to the unthankful. We should not only give to our friends and people who we like and people who can give back to us, but to give to our enemies, the poor, people who are in need, not people who are not in need, but people who are in need. That is the standard, the baseline, the foundation, the whole house. Whoever is in need, help them. And uh, another thing I should point out is that people, there are people who waste their money. Because scattereth mean that, scattereth can go two ways, the term scatter. Scatter can mean that this person, as the Bible says, a liberal soul will be made fat. It means that a kind person, not a wasteful person, but a kind person. A wasteful person will give away money just because they can and they're arrogant and trying to show off that they have something. Now for people who are wasteful, you don't help them when they are in need because they have to understand that when they waste things, there is a consequence for wasting things. Because if you give them when they waste all of theirs, then they're going to think they'll always be able to get more. So be careful with that. The Bible says wisdom is the principal thing. The Bible says to give to everyone who asks, but it also says wisdom is the principal thing. And it also points out that you should not give to your rich to the rich people or to your friends and family members but to who is in need so understand this very very carefully now I'm moving on to the next part where we talk about the problems of wealthy people let me touch on the fact that wealthy people have way more worries than the rest of the normal people in the world. They have to worry about attaining more, sometimes keeping up appearances, and most importantly, protecting what they have. Most times, they are really sad, anxious, and lonely on the inside. Even when they're married and have a whole family. Most people are just like that rich young man mentioned in the Bible, wanting fulfillment but cannot abandon that lifestyle to get it. And there's no fulfilling happiness but this type of life. When the achievement is attained, there is no satisfaction, only a bigger goal is set. 1 Timothy 6 verses 9 to 10 says, but they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil while some commit coveted after, sorry, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. And I know I've read this before, but it's just pointing out that there is no lasting happiness. Ecclesiastes 5 verses 10 to 12 says it also. It says, He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver, nor he that loveth abundance with increase. This is also vanity. 
When goods increase, they are increased that eat them. And what good is there to the owners thereof, saving the beholding of them with their eyes? You see, the sleep of a laboring man is sweet, whether he eat little or much, but the abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. And that's coming from Ecclesiastes. So there's a greater joy in giving than receiving and hoarding. The other problems are the amount of time we spend trying to get rich and stay rich, as well as the things that we have to do. In achieving wealth, we have to demean ourselves and go against our beliefs to get it and to keep it. Yahusha says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Two of the commandments state that, one, we must have no other Elohim before him. Two, we must keep the Shabbat day, six days we must labor, but on the seventh day we must rest. Look at wealthy people. They do not rest on any day. It doesn't matter what they tell you. If they somehow find a way to schedule their time and stop physically on that day, it is only for most of the day and not all of it. And even when they stop physically, their mental space is still filled up with what they have to do. And it is near impossible for Elohim to get their complete attention. Reverend Charles Spurgeon, the late Reverend Charles Spurgeon, quotes, Whatever a man depends upon, whatever rules his mind, whatever governs his affections, whatever is the chief object of his delight is his Elohim. And Luke 8 verses 14 says, And that which fell among thorns are they, which when they have heard go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. These are the people that Yahusha was referring to. It is a sad situation. It takes up most of our time and mental space. So there's none left for Yah. Proverbs has something to point out in these verses. Proverbs 22 verses 16. He that oppresseth the poor to increase his riches, and he that giveth to the rich shall surely come to want. Proverbs 13 verses 11. Wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished, but he that gathereth by labor shall increase. And in Proverbs 28 verses 8. He that by usury and unjust gain increaseth his substance, he shall gather it for him that will pity the poor. Whatever we must, we do must reflect righteousness and serve a good and practical purpose. If we do anything that is against Yahuwah's law or waste or damages resources, even though we still benefit from it, it is not blessed, and Elohim sees our actions as abominable. Proverbs 28 verses 20 to 22 highlights this. A faithful man shall abound with blessings, but he that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent. To have respect of persons is not good, for for a piece of bread that man will transgress. He that 
hasted to be rich hath an evil eye, and considereth not that poverty shall come upon him. Do not ignite Yah's wrath for temporary benefits. The same amount of time, self-sacrifice, and diligence it takes to get rich. It is the same to get to know Yahuwah. Completely transforming ourselves and serving Him in spirit and truth. Many people keep putting off their salvation for wealth and before we know it, the time is up. According to Psalms 49 verses 16 to 20. It says, Be not thou afraid when one is made rich. When the glory of his house is increased, for when he died, he shall carry nothing away. His glory shall not descend after him. Though while he lived, he blessed his soul, and men will praise thee when thou doest well to thyself. He shall go to the generation of his fathers, they shall never see light. Man that is in honor and understanding not, is like the beasts that perish. And this is coming from, and no, sorry, I'm actually going to Psalm 73, verses 12 now. It also declares, Behold, these are the unholy who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. In, here's even another example that Yahusha presented in Luke 12, verses 16 to 21. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods. Laid up for many years, take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But Elohim said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that laid up treasure for himself and is not rich towards Elohim. I do not need to elaborate on this point. Because there are many scriptures that do this. And here is another one. You're getting a lot of scripture today. Psalms 49 verses 6 to 14. It says, They that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give to Elohim a ransom for him. For the redemption of their soul is precious and it sees it forever that he should li still live forever and not see corruption for he see it that the wise men die likewise the fool and the brutish person perish and leave their wealth to others their inward thought is that their houses shall continue forever and their dwelling places to all generations they call their lands after their own names Nevertheless, man being in honor abideth not. He is like the beasts that perish. This their way is their folly. Yet their posterity approve their sayings. Like sheep they are laid in the grave. 
death shall feed on them and the upright shall have dominion over them in the morning and their beauty shall consume in the grave from their dwelling there is a reward to who forsakes this world and it's for yahuwah Matthew 19, verses 28 to 29 says, And Yahusha said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And every one that hath forsaken houses, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, children, or lands, for my name's sake, shall receive a hundredfold and shall inherit eternal life okay so now we're near to the end and this last section is about the aftermath with all of this evidence do we still think that being rich is a good thing or more importantly, is being rich in worldly goods, something that Yahuwah intended for his believers. The funny thing about life is that even though we hoard up things for ourselves, it's the poorer classes that get to enjoy it because we have no time. The maids, the gardeners, the butlers, the drivers, etc. They are the ones who get to enjoy it. Because they are the ones who have to take care of your possessions while, you know, you're out there making more money to financially keep these things going. And they are paid to dedicate their time and hard work to doing that. Job 27 verses 16 to 18 says, Though he heap up silver as dust and prepare raiment as the clay, he may, pre he may prepare it, but he... The just shall put it on, and the innocent shall divide the silver. He buildeth his house as a moth, and as a booth that the keeper maketh. It always saddens me to see people who have multiple houses in different countries that only see them once a year. While people out there are homeless, at least some houses have sitters, but you know, most don't, and they stay there and rot or get sold again to another rich person who, you know, makes the house more expensive that nobody can live in it. Yet this is the end of all that nonsense. Luke 6 verses 24 to 26 But woe unto you that are rich, for ye have received your consolation. Woe unto you that are full, for ye shall hunger. Woe unto you that laugh now, for ye shall mourn and weep. Woe unto you, when all men shall speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. Only when a wealthy person has a transformation of mind and starts believing that serving Yah is more important than gaining wealth will a door be open for them, as it was for Zacchaeus. Luke 19 verses 2, 5-6, and 8-10 tells us of his story. And it says, And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And when Yahusha came to the place, he looked up and saw him, 
and said unto him, Zacchaeus, Make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down, and received him joyfully. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Adon, Behold, Adon, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Yahusha said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house for so much as he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man is come to seek and save that which was lost. Zacchaeus understood what was really important and what was at stake. So he quickly made his choice and repented. Unfortunately, some of us just don't get it and we don't want to get it. Some people actually think that they're paying too much to the maids, the butlers and the drivers. And this is exactly why they're trying to make self-driving cars. They're trying to get robots to do their job. Because if they get those stuff, they don't have to pay anybody. They don't have to give anybody any of their wealth. This is not about development that's happening in the world right now. This is us trying to get rid of the um, grubby little human beings that want to take my wealth away from me. That's what it's all about. Selfishness is what runs the world. People say the money makes the world go around. It's selfishness that makes the world go around. Okay? Not to mention the people who think that they're paying way too much and getting way less output. At least when they have robots working for them, robots never get tired, so they never stop working so we never lose any money and we don't lose any time and we don't have to pay robots we don't have to give them vacations or days off or paid leaves all that is happening in the world right now is a big scam for who is rich to get richer and for who are middle class and poor to get poorer and if we don't get that in our heads and stop looking at how cool everything looks, then we will be lost the rest of the world. James 1 verses 9 to 11 says, Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted, but the rich in that he is made low. Because as the flower of the grass, he shall pass away. For the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat, but it withereth the grass, and the flower thereof falleth, and the grace of the fashion of it perisheth. So also shall the rich man fade away in his ways. If we do not change our covetous ways, we have only one end awaiting. And this scripture tells that story. Luke 16 verses 19 to 25. There was a certain rich man, which was clothed in purple and fine linen, and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. 
Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried, and in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. He cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue. For I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. Do not be stiff-necked. Don't be stiff-necked. We have a new earth to gain. As well as immortality and an eternity worth of love, power, wisdom, joy, and peace. Let's not throw it away like how Dives threw it, um, threw it away. Why throw away magnificent Elohim who loves us boundlessly for something so unfulfilling and temporary? James 5 verses 1 to 3 gives the last warning. It says, Go to now. Ye rich men, weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you. Your riches are corrupted, and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver is cankered, and the rest of them shall be a witness against you, and shall eat your flesh as it were fire. Ye have heaped treasure together for the last days. So Elohim gets really angry seeing things heaped up while his people are out there suffering. He gets angry seeing rust grow upon the things that you have that you didn't give away. He gets angry seeing dust take up the things that you're not using and won't give away. He gets angry when he sees you buy so much food and the food is spoiling because you didn't need so much. While people are out there suffering. I will end this by reading Revelation 3 verses 18 to 19. I don't think I have to talk any, any much more. You have a lot to think about people. We need to stay away from covetousness. And start thinking about the persons that we should be. Revelation 3 verses 18 to 19. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eyesalve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. And this is coming from Yahuwah, our Father and Creator in heaven. Let us take his advice and while we live, change our mindset. Our life doesn't consist of the material things that we have, but it consists of the Ruach HaKodesh living within us and changing us into the perfect person that Yahusha wants us to be. Thank you again for listening. Until next time.
To check out more of my stuff or to contact me, you can reach me at Facebook at Little Space Kaleidoscope Space Girl or on Instagram at little underscore kaleidoscope underscore girl or on Wattpad at Kaleidoscope the Pen or on my blog on WordPress at little kaleidoscope girl with no spaces. Thank you for tuning in.